We focus in this session of look at the book on verse 2 of chapter 1, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, I pick up with this prayer, and I ask that to everyone who's watching, you would do this verse. You would minister more grace, more peace from the Father, from the Lord, by your word, and that we would all walk away more deeply rooted in the peace of God, more deeply rooted in the grace of God, more solid, unshakable in our walk with you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Isn't it remarkable that this kind of speech is bi-directional? Bi-directional? What I mean by that is, it is to you, he's talking to them, grace to you, he's talking to people, and yet he's calling peace and grace to come from God the Father and the Lord Jesus. So it is a prayer and it is an address to people. It's, it's, it's a form, we, we call it a blessing. Sometimes we call it a benediction. And it's real. We need to learn how to do this because this is real. Paul really expects grace and peace to come to the Philippians because of this letter and these words, these very words right here. And it's a supernatural coming. Sometimes we throw these words around grace and peace and think it's just a, a pleasant exchange of words to encourage somebody. For Paul, it was way more than that. It was going to come from God Almighty, who is our Father. It was going to come from the sovereign Lord of the universe, Jesus Christ. So the fatherhood of God is the the kindness and the caring and the provision behind this transaction. And the lordship of Jesus is the authority over the world that he has gotten by his triumph over over Satan and death. And so behind these words, grace to you and peace to you, is a supernatural transaction that he expects to take place. And we should expect that. If you sign off on an email that you write, grace to you and peace, you should learn from this text here what you mean and mean it and expect wonderful things to happen because of what you put in that email. So, what are we to understand when grace comes and peace comes? First thing I want to point out is that it is really remarkable. Let me clear this up. He says grace to you. And he does that at the beginning of every single one of his 13 letters, some form of grace to you. But look at the last verse of Philippians. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And he does that in every one of his 13 letters, some form of grace with you. Why do all of his letters begin grace 
to you, and all of his letters and grace be with you. And my suggestion is, Paul is expecting that in the letter that he's writing, grace is going to come to them by means of this letter. And when he's done and he sends them out of the church, having listened to the letter, he expects grace to go with them as the word abides in them. So that's very significant that when we write or when we speak, we think the way Paul thinks, grace comes to to people through what we're about to say or what we just said. And then as they leave us and go away and carry what we said with them, then grace is going with them. Here's an example of peace happening through the letter. Chapter 4. Verse 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So Paul expects that by these words of exhortation and their following his guidance, peace will increase among them. What about grace? Here in chapter 1, verse 7, he says they're already participants of grace. You are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. But we know that there can be more grace. They are in grace, receiving grace. But James says in chapter 4, verse 6, he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And Second Peter says that you can grow in grace, grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And Paul himself in chapter 12 of Romans, verse 6, speaks of proportionate grace, having gifts that differ according to the grace, varied measures of grace, differing gifts given to us. Let us use them. What would that look like? Grace is a power that comes from God to enable us to do what he calls us to do. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work, abounding grace coming to us from God enables us to do everything God is calling us to do. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ to enable you to do everything and enjoy everything and believe everything that I'm about to write you in this letter. So Paul considers this letter of Philippians to be the instrument of the grace and peace that will come not from Paul, but from our Father with all his care, and our Lord with all his authority. But the word is the instrument by which we will enjoy this peace and grow in this grace. And so let's be about it as we pour ourselves into this letter and this letter into us.